I am Eva O, and this is the Teaking Podcast. I have been a dominatrix since 2011, and I would like to spill the tea on my life. Thank you for listening. I came out to my mother about being a dominatrix, and it went very differently to what I imagined. It took me seven years on the job, seven years before I told my mother and my father. But my mother and I have always been quite close. And she knew something was up, but perhaps she also understood that asking me might push me away, (laughs) which I realize now is never of her interest. Or at least I hope. (laughs) Uh, So why did it take that long? Because I had an idea of who she was, is. She still works at a Christian school and teaches Bible study. (laughs) And she has done those things for over 20 years. (laughs) And religion is quite central to how she interacts with the world. There is a lot of prayer in our family. And even though I don't identify as Christian, I let the prayer be and Take on the love. (laughs) Happy to accept. But I think it contributed to my thoughts around her potential conservative nature. And there are some other things also. My mother also tends to have more conservative opinions when there are current events that are happening, when there are community occurrences. It will usually go straight to an opinion of the conservative not wanting to challenge structures or cause any jumble (laughs) to the status quo. So all of these things together kept me very hesitant in terms of sharing what it is that I did for work because I knew maybe even before I started that it would be challenging to somebody who didn't want to challenge the status quo. 
and I wanted to keep her in my life. And I thought not saying anything would achieve that. But what it ended up doing was it created a chasm because I was not being honest and I don't know how to connect with people without disclosure, without vulnerability and honesty. Maybe nobody does, but I speak for myself. And so, seven years. Why then? About five, six years in to work, I moved to Bali. And I had a lot of time and space to myself. I didn't have any friends on the ground. I had a partner at the time. But I also mostly traveled to see my subs, my slaves, my clients. And I was gone two weeks a month and pretty tired for the other two weeks. But I still craved connection and being understood, being able to share. And I didn't want to dump that all on my partner, <laughs> I guess, perhaps. Maybe I also wanted an informed opinion. And so I found an online counseling service and I looked for the most qualified person that I could find on there and asked if they were friendly to sex work and sex workers. And they were. And over the course of not a very long time, what kind of came up was my hesitancy to connect with other people that actually I probably could, you know, connect with people in Bali, friends in Bali, connect with more people more freely if I felt like I could disclose the reality of my life, if I felt that I could be candid about who I was and to be accepted and acceptable for who I was, part of the social fabric. <laughs> and she was very blunt with me. <laughs> and she said that I think that this stems from the expectations that you put upon yourself in your family unit. And that radiates out, that you are keeping up a facade there. And as long as that is the foundation, that is going to be a pattern that will happen continuously. And we worked on a plan because I wanted to overcome that. And the plan was to share it with my family and to look at the different ways that it could go. Being on the best end of the scale for them to accept it and for our lives to go on. And at the worst end of the scale, for me to be disowned, my own words. <laughs> and. I planned uh, about a 
how to do it. Essentially, I planned that we were going to go on a trip to my mother's favorite place and we would have a nice time. And during the trip, I would tell her and I had my partner with me. And so I would have a support system and whichever way that it went, we had different hotel rooms. We could just go our separate ways if it went terribly. And that was that. On this trip, I had a wonderful time with my mother and father and our partner and I. And I didn't tell them. <laughs> I guess I was scared. <laughs> and I waited until they left and I put it in the family WhatsApp group. I said, actually, I'm staying a few days to see a client. And they said, oh, what work is it? And I said, it is professional domination in text. <laughs> there was a pause. Obviously, a Googling was happening. And my mother messages me privately and says, really? <laughs> And I said, yes. Do you have any questions? <laughs> and she said, no, I don't have any questions at the moment. Give me some time. And then actually, you know, they got back home and they messaged me that everything was fine. They landed well. All is good. And... We did our usual check-ins over food, over what was happening in our day-to-day. -day. It was all very normal. And about a month later, I took my mother on a holiday with my partner closer to her home. And as soon as he went out on his own, she immediately launched into question mode. I mean, that's probably where all my questions come from, to be fair. And she asked the most insightful questions that I've ever been asked about my job. And I have been interviewed by many, many people. <laughs> she asked me what my motivations were, what the client's motivations were, what the interactions looked like in and out of our time face to face, and how it impacted upon our lives, the client's life, my life. I don't know if there was even a financial question in there. I guess maybe it was obvious that things were fine because of the way I was able to spend on them. But what were my answers to those? I mean... So many things were charging through me that I can't remember exactly. But I remember that I didn't go into as much sexual detail as I could. I definitely mentioned it, that I interact with their fetishes and their kinks, but I didn't go into detail about what those were, for example. Uh, I guess I don't necessarily go into that kind of detail, even when I'm at dinner with my social group, unless people ask specifically. 
But I do remember me being cautious about that aspect because I'm not used to speaking about sex with my family. <laughs> and what did I mention when she asked about motivations? I think I mentioned the things that I've mentioned even on here. Things that people are looking, yeah, to have their fetishes satisfied, but also to feel, <laughs> to feel accepted, to feel understood, even for a moment in time. And then when it came to the people who I had longer client relationships with and who I saw for multiple days over many years, that it even began to look like me helping them to have a keener eye on their own lives, like I had a keen eye on them and how they served me. <laughs> and I went on to explain how this had happened a few in a few different instances, how sometimes they would ask me for advice about their children, about how sometimes I would even notice that their interactions with their children by the way that they spoke were ill-informed or shallow and that their relationships would improve so that sometimes I would help them to make decisions about purpose and whether their work suited them and how to make that more of a better integration for their lives. Perhaps that's my counseling <laughs> units <laughs> at school. <laughs> but no, I've always been a bit like that, even outside of this particular job. But I think that within this job, people put you in a high esteem. It comes with the nature of the power dynamics that are gravitated towards. And so they look to you for guidance. And when you have working relationships with your clients outside of session hours, and even sometimes if you're doing longer sessions within session hours, this leadership that they seek has real potential to shift the way that they think about the world and how they react to their own lives. And for better or worse, <laughs> because it really depends, right? People come to a dominatrix to experience this power dynamic, to experience the relinquishing of control. So how do I approach that respectfully and responsibly as much as I can? And how do I make sure that they still feel the responsibility that they need to have in their lives. <laughs> There's a lot going on. But essentially, I said something like this to my mother as I busied in the kitchen as she sat very still in the open plan living room next to it. Just still remember gazing out the window. There was this little house that I had hired in the middle of nowhere. Beautiful sort of forest and 
I mean, kangaroos are going to tell you that it's Australia. And kangaroos are just like going past every now and then. There was not much going on. So I'm like staring out the window, just looking at the bush, kind of like waiting for a kangaroo, kind of speaking, kind of distracting myself. Look, it's a, I can hear a bird. Like, yes, just answer the questions. Just answer the questions. <laughs> and as my explanations came to a close, she said, huh, maybe I'm submissive. <laughs> maybe I like people to make decisions for me. <laughs> Uh, and as her daughter, somebody who has taken her instruction my whole life, I thought that was hilarious <laughs> because I think that I'm able to be who I am because of her extremely helpful guidance. But I can see what she's saying. I think that she recognized very much the joy of relinquishing control to somebody that you trust, relinquishing a decision to somebody that you trust, I think that was brilliant of my mother. <laughs> and then <laughs> the best part of this particular experience was that I was driving us out of this property and my partner had to go and open the gate to get us out onto the road. I don't know where we were going anymore, a restaurant perhaps. and. Uh, I, in my usual way, say, go and open the gate. <laughs> Very sure, knowing what we needed at the moment and that it needed to happen now. <laughs> and my partner kind of busied up and was about to head out the door. And my, <laughs> and my mother jokingly from the back seat said, some of us just like to follow, don't we? <laughs> oh, so adorable. But um, within the span of what, like 20 minutes of this me explaining my world after hanging on to it for seven years, she was able to joke about it in half an hour, which made me realize that uh, I severely underestimated my mother. The way that her mind works is just so sharp and and the way that her compassion works. I think that things work together. And I've noticed since then that uh, she will always listen. And if you have an explanation, she will consider it. And I'm very similar. My mind is never closed. And I have her to think for that, to thank for that.
I may need to leave this one at that. Things are well now. Just to summarize. My parents ask how work is. And if I'm going on another work trip. <laughs> and I shied away from details at the beginning. But now I'm a little bit more free in how I communicate about what I think about my clients. <laughs> uh, I don't name names. But I vent. <laughs> uh, and mm, I'm so grateful. And it took me a long time, but... I'm able to do everything that I do because of her. And I'm so grateful. So. Thank you for listening. Speak to you next time.